We've been going through the book of Romans. The book of Romans explains our salvation. Amen. Declares what we have in Christ Jesus, what we have received through salvation. The fifth chapter is gives us the results of that, being right with God, being saved, being justified, and we find the benefits in it. We come to the 12th verse, and this deals with the problem of sin and the problem of the sin nature, what God can do for us in this area, how we got into this mess that we're in, how the world got into the mess that it's in today. It's all explained in Romans, the fifth chapter. These verses that I'm about to read to you are some of the greatest verses in the, all of the Bible. The greatest teaching in the Word of God can be found in these verses that I'm about to read to you this morning. Verse 12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift, for if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned, by one much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did that much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life, by Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for the Word of God. We thank you for your anointing. I pray, God, that you would give us understanding in every person that is standing in this place today. God would understand who they are in Christ Jesus, what they have obtained, God. God, that we are winners, that we are not losers, God. We are victorious. We are conquerors, not defeated. We thank you, God, that in you we have much more than that which we lost in Adam. 
And we thank you today, God, for this word in the book of Romans that Paul has given us, God, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost to help us to understand, God, that we have victory over sin and death by the power of the life of Jesus Christ and the redemption in His blood. We just praise you right now, God, for what you're going to do in our service. Speak to every heart. Bless every person. Let us walk out of this place, God, victoriously, understanding who we are in Christ Jesus today. And everybody said in Jesus' name, amen, and you may be seated. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Verse 12, wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. When you look at this passage of Scripture, and you see the Bible tells us where sin came from, how it got into the world. You understand that you were born with a sin nature, and I understand that I was born with a sin nature, but how in the world did I get a sin nature if by birth? How did I become evil? How did I become wrong before I was ever born? This helps me to understand that if I could become evil and become sinful before I was born, that means that I cannot attain salvation by my good works. I must obtain salvation another way. Praise the Lord. And we look here, and the Bible says how it happened. The Bible says, by one man, sin entered into the world. And the Bible says, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Whenever Adam was in the Garden of Eden, and he was standing there, before he sinned against God, he was a righteous man. Adam and Eve were righteous. They were not holy, completely holy. God was completely holy, but Adam and Eve had not attained that level yet of holiness, perfection. And so God put them in the Garden of Eden, and He tested them with a tree called the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And He told them, Do not eat of that tree, for in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely what? Die. You shall surely die when you eat of that tree. They were innocent. They had not known sin at that point. God put them to the test to see if they were going to obey Him. Had they obeyed Him, and Adam said, No, I'm not going to take the fruit, and Eve said, No, I'm not going to take the fruit, then they would have become holy, and they could never have been tempted again to sin against God. But instead, the Bible says that as Adam was standing in the garden, after his wife had taken the, the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, his wife Eve gave Adam the fruit, and he did eat also. And so therefore, for disobeying God, and sin is disobedience to the will of God. So they had sinned against God. Eve had sinned against God. Adam had sinned against God. And when Adam had sinned against God, do we understand that he was the head of the, all the race? Do we understand that he was the representative of the whole human family? He, he was the head, and when he was standing in the Garden of Eden, everybody that would be ever born in this world was contained inside of Adam. If you had the records, you could trace. Everybody in this church could trace your genealogy all the way back to one man, and that was Adam in the Garden. So when he sinned, because he sinned then, the nature that he would receive inside of him, a sin nature, 
he passed that nature on to everybody that came out of his loins. Everybody that was his offspring inherited a sinful nature. Now, go with me, please, to the book of Genesis, and we will see this. Look at Genesis chapter 5. Genesis 5. Verse 1, the scripture tells us here something very interesting. It says, this is the book of the generation of who? Of Adam. A generation is his ancestors, his children. The fifth chapter says, this is the book of the generations of Adam in the day that God created man in the likeness of God made he him so when adam was created by god he was the offspring of god he was called a son of god the scripture tells us that he was made in the very likeness of god himself the scripture goes on and tells us male and female created he them where did eve come from she came out of adam See, all of the human family, including Eve, his wife, came out of Adam because Eve came out of his side. So the whole human race came out of Adam. And the scripture tells us that male and female created he them, and he blessed them and called their name Adam. So before the fall, both of those people were called by the same name. They were called Adam. It wasn't Adam and Eve. It was Adam and Adam. It was Mr. Adam, and it was Mrs. Adam. Do you see that? So he called their name, not just the man's name, Adam, but he called their name, Adam, in the day when they were created. And Adam lived 130 years and begot a son. Now, he, now he's given birth to children all right so out of Adam comes forth a seed of the human of the human family he begat a son and look what it says in his own likeness this son now that was given birth to by Adam no longer is in the likeness of God he is in the likeness of Adam he has got the image of Adam. He's got the nature of Adam in him. You see, when God created Adam and Eve in the garden, the Bible says that he created them in, the, in his image. In the image of God made he them. So Adam was in the image of God, and he was the offspring of God. But now he has sinned against God, and he's got a sinful, evil nature inside of him. And everybody that is born, everybody in the family of Adam, is also going to inherit an image, not the image of God, but the image of Adam. Not the likeness of God, but the likeness of Adam. Praise the Lord. When Adam sinned against God, the image of God that Adam was originally created to be like was marred. It wasn't the same anymore because now Adam had become a sinner. And everybody that is born from the, from the seed of Adam is now born with a sinful nature. You've got the likeness of Adam and you've got the nature of Adam. 
and you're really not in the image of God. Okay, you follow me so far? The scripture says they were both called Adam at the first, and they were in the likeness of God, and they were in the image of God, and now sin has entered into the world. So what is the first thing that happens? Adam calls his wife no longer Mrs. Adam, but he calls his wife Eve, the mother of all living. Amen? The mother of all living. Eve, now she's got a, her separate identity. It's no longer the, in the family of God, sons and daughters of God with one name, but now they've got separate identities, Adam and Eve. Hallelujah. And the Bible says in verse 4, And the days of Adam, after he had begotten Seth for 800 years, he begot sons and daughters. And all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. Let's say he died. That was not the original plan of God. God didn't originally plan for man to die. When you were born, you were not, it's not natural for you to die. You weren't made to die. Death came upon the human race because Adam sinned against God. And the Bible says, in the day that you eat that tree, you shall surely die because you have sinned against me. So Adam didn't make it even to a thousand years. He didn't even live. He said, in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. He didn't even make a, a, a day with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. He didn't even live to be one day old. But had he rejected that temptation to disobey God and to walk independent of God, then he would have lived forever in a state of holiness as a son of God. But he lost it all. He lost it, praise God. And the Bible says that he died. Now go with me to Matthew chapter 1. That is the generations of Adam. Matthew chapter 1. Jesus Christ comes into the world <clears throat> as prophesied in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15 that he would come. The Savior of the world. And notice what it says in the Gospels concerning Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 1 and verse 1, it says this. The book of the generation of who? Jesus Christ. So we had the book of the generation of Adam, and we had his sons and his daughters that were born. And everybody that was born from Adam had a sinful nature. And they were now in the likeness of Adam, not in the likeness and image of God. So we've got a family in the world today that is, un that is still in the old Adam. They're still in the book of Adam. They're still in the genealogy of Adam. Now we come and we read about another man that comes into the world, and it says, this is the book of the genealogy, the generation of Jesus Christ. So now we've got a new family that is going to be in existence on the earth. We're going to have a new mankind. We're going to have a new race of people, and it's going to be under the generation of Jesus Christ. There's going to be a new family and a new kingdom in the world, and it's the family and the kingdom that are in Jesus Christ. So at the same time, you've got the old age, and you've got the old Adam, you've got the new age, and you've got the last Adam, Jesus Christ. You've got an old family, and you've got a new family. You've got an old race. You've got a new race. You've got an old seed. You've got a new seed. 
Praise the Lord. Now go with me to Genesis, I mean, not Genesis, but 1 Corinthians. To, so you will see that what I'm telling you is correct. 1 Corinthians 15, the Bible says, verse 21, For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam, everybody that's in Adam, for as in Adam, all die. You're catching that. Where did sin and death come from? Adam. So everybody who is in Adam, the first Adam, will die. Then the scripture says, but every man in his, uh, even so, in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ, the first fruits, afterward, they that are Christ at his coming. Now look at verse 40, 45. 1 Corinthians 15, 45. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The, let's say it together, last Adam the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Why isn't Jesus called the second Adam? Because there's not going to be a third Adam or a fourth Adam or a fifth Adam. There's only the first Adam who sinned against God and the last Adam, Jesus Christ. Because the first Adam was the head of the human race. He represented the human race. Jesus Christ as the last Adam is the head of a new race, a new family, and a new kingdom. That's why he's called the last Adam. So what we need to find out is how to get out of the old Adam because everybody that stays in that Adam is going to die. And you don't want to do that. Amen? We're talking about physical death and spiritual death here. And everybody that stays in the old Adam is going to die. But everybody that is in Christ shall be made alive. So you want to get out of the old Adam and out of the old family and get in the new family. So we got to find out how to do that. You're going to find out this morning, have you done that? Are you still in the first Adam? Are you in the last Adam right now? Praise the Lord. So the scripture tells us that he is the last Adam. Praise God. Look at verse 47. The first man of the earth is earthly. The second man is the Lord from heaven. So we have a first man, and we have a second man. But we have a first Adam and a last Adam. Not a first Adam and a second Adam. There's only one to be two heads. Whew, glory to God. Now, the, well, I'm going to get back to how you get out of that old Adam, but let me go back to the Scripture and look at it. Verse 12, Romans 5. Wherefore, as by one man, the first man, sin entered into the world, and death passed by sin, by sin, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Doesn't that seem unfair to you this morning, that I can be held responsible for the actions of somebody else? How can that be fair that because of Adam's transgression and his sin, that I could be held accountable and seen 
as a sinner. And how could death pass on me? Because I was in Adam, because he represented the human race. And what he does is going to affect everybody. I will die physically. If Jesus doesn't come back, I will die physically. Listen, though, for the Christian, you're not really dying, you're sleeping. When I, you know, they say, well, the dead in Christ shall rise first. But really, we, those that are asleep. So when you're a Christian, you don't really die. You, you might die physically, but you have life. You with me so far? You do, if you're a Christian, you just fall asleep. Amen? But we wouldn't even have experienced that had Adam not sinned against God. And so God says the wage of sin is death, and death must, or sin must be paid with death. Amen. So now we are affected, even as believers, by the fall of Adam, the first Adam. Even though we're no longer in him by the new birth, we're still affected. But listen, if you were to be born in this earth, you've got the sin nature in you, and you will die physically. You'll go to sleep if you're a Christian. You'll die if you're not a Christian. But doesn't it seem also unfair to you that you would go to hell because of another man's actions? Listen to me. God, God knows what he's doing. He said physical death will pass upon all men because of the sin of Adam in the garden. But the Bible then goes on and says, for all have sinned. So you don't go to hell because of what Adam did. You go to hell because of what you did. The first time you had a bad thought, the first time you did a bad thing, the, the first time you didn't do what God wanted you to do, then you deserve to go to hell. You deserve to be lost. I deserve to be lost. I deserve it. So no longer can I point my finger back to Adam and say, Oh, Adam... Look at the mess. Well, I've got a sin nature that I inherited from Adam, but I sinned against God personally, and therefore because of my personal sin, I deserve to die physically and spiritually. Y'all with me so far? <clears throat> Let's read on. Verse 13. For until the law, sin was in the world. But sin is not imputed when there is no law. Okay, so from Adam to Moses, the, God says there's sin in the world. You, man has a sin nature, and because of that sin nature, from Adam to Moses, everybody's dying physically. But he said, between Adam and Moses, God didn't give the law. So because the law wasn't given between those two, then sin is not imputed. Because you need the law to define what is wrong and what is right. Y'all with me so far? And because God had not given mankind and showed him what, by the law what was wrong and what was right, then, listen, if God hadn't said, be circumcised, then everybody that's not circumcised did not commit sin. But when God said, be circumcised in the law, if you weren't circumcised, then you sinned with me so far? In the Old Testament, he didn't say, get baptized in Jesus' name in the Old Testament. 
so I, they wouldn't be in sin. You with me so far? There was, Jesus hadn't come yet. But now in the New Testament, the Bible says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And if I disobey that command, I've sinned. But before that command was given, I wasn't in sin. Hallelujah. So the law defines sin, but God said, because of the sin of Adam, everybody's been dying up through Moses. Praise God. Now, y'all stay with me here. We're in the old now. We're talking about the old in Adam. And verse 14. Nevertheless, death reigned. Let's all say death reigned. Death was the king. Death reigned. Everybody, Adam died, Eve died, uh, Cain died, Abel died, and everybody all the way, you know, died. So death has been reigning since Adam. And the scripture says that death even reigns over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam. Because when Adam sinned against God, he sinned against God against a, di a divine commandment of God. When God said, don't take of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that was a commandment from God. And when Adam sinned against God, he sinned against a commandment of God. Amen. Death reigned on those from Adam to Moses before the law was given. It reigned as a king over them. But they didn't sin like Adam because they didn't have a definite command from God. They didn't sin after the similitude of Adam. It, when Adam sinned, he sinned differently than everybody else that's ever sinned. From him to Moses. Because he sinned against the definite command of God. And number two, because he is the head of the whole human race. And what he does, because I'm in Adam. When Adam's standing in the garden, I'm in Adam. And what he does affects me from then on. But see, when I sin, I don't affect the whole human race. I don't plunge the whole human race in, into chaos and destruction and death. You with me? But when Adam sinned, it affected the whole race. So even though I haven't sinned after the similitude of Adam and affect the whole human race, death still reigns over me praise God in Adam do y'all catch that so far do you understand the headships here do you understand the difference between his sin and your sin amen he says so now we got King death he's ruling he's reigning he's running from Adam to Moses even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression notice it says transgression because sin is a transgression against the commandments of God so he transgressed a known commandment of God. Well, I thought he was Eve, the one that reached up there and grabbed the fruit first and ate it. Isn't she the blame for all this mess? No. You with me? People want to blame the woman, want to blame Eve for the mess we're in. <laughs> no. No, in fact, in Timothy, the Bible says, through the woman, salvation would come. Through the man, Adam, came sin and death. Through his seed, 
not the woman, but through the man. He's the head. Now, when she reached up there and took the fruit and ate of it, she sinned. Well, if Adam would have resisted and said, no, I'm not going to take the fruit, and I'm not going to disobey God, then Eve would have died for her sin. And God could have made another woman for, for Adam, just like he did the first one. Amen? So Adam didn't have to take that fruit. Eve would have died, and God would have made another one. The problem is now, Adam reaches up there, and he gets the fruit, and he eats it too. And when he eats it, he sins against God's divine command. And because of the seed of Adam, which you are and were the seed of Adam, and humanity, you received physical life from him, then everybody in Adam became a sinner. Because he became the head. When a when a lion gives birth to li uh, when a lion gives birth, what kind of animals do they give birth to? They give birth to lions. It's so easy. An elephant gives birth to elephants. Uh, a fallen Adam gives birth to fallen men. A righteous, holy Adam, had he not sinned against God, would have given birth to men and women who are the likeness and offspring and image of God Himself. Holy who did not know sin. So it's pretty simple. Amen. So you woman, you women, you can breathe a sigh of relief. It's the man's fault. Amen. Some of you women, you've been wanting to say it a long time. You need to now. Look to him and say it's your fault. It's the man's fault. Amen. The Bible says, who is, Adam is the figure of him that is, that was to come. This is so awesome. See what God's doing? He's saying, you've got a type here. You've got a figure here in the first Adam. He's a type and he's a picture of that which is to come, the last Adam. If you want to know what Adam looked like, you need to look at Jesus. Because the Bible says that Adam was a figure of him that was to come. God knew, whoo, glory. God knew in what form he would come to this world. He knew that he would take on the form of a man and walk this earth and save us. So he already knew what he was going to look like when he comes. As God come in the flesh. He already knew what he was going to look like. So when he made Adam, he said, I'm going to make Adam to look just like me when I come. So if you want to know what Adam looked like, look at Jesus. Because he was a figure, Adam was, of him which was to come. So when God took mud and he formed Adam in the Garden of Eden, he made that mud to look just like Jesus Christ. When Before Adam fell, if you were to take the unfallen man Adam and place him alongside Jesus he looked exactly like Jesus Christ hallelujah so Adam is a type so that means there's a comparison here and many 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 comparisons but when God created Adam in his image there was only one man when Jesus came what did the Bible say about Jesus? He is the expressed image of God. And there's only one. There's only one image of God. There's not 
two images or three images of God. There's no such thing as the Trinity. There's only one God and one body, one man and one image. The Trinitarian doctrine is a lie from hell. When God created Adam, who was a figure of that which was to come, he made him one man in the image of God. Hallelujah. So when Jesus came, he was the image of God, the very expressed image, Hebrews says. When you looked at Jesus, you saw God come in the flesh. One God, one man, one image. One woman, Eve. One bride, one church. Hallelujah. It all has to line up in the Word of God. There's no contradictions in the book. He was a type. You could compare Adam with Jesus Christ. But there's also some contrast between the two. They're not exactly the same in some aspects. Praise the Lord. The comparison is that when you have the first Adam, he is the representative. He's the head of all the human race. Jesus Christ comes in the world. He's the new head. He's the new representative that's going to bring in a new mankind and a new race and a new seed and a new people and a new kingdom. So that's the comparison. Ooh, glory to God. But the contrast is this, is that Adam was just a man. Jesus was the Lord from glory. He was God come in the flesh. So listen to me. The last Adam has to be greater than the first. And he, Jesus, is greater than the first. He's not just human. He's the Lord from glory, 1 Corinthians 15 says. He's God come in the flesh. He's greater than Adam. He's more than just a man. He's more than just human. He's God. Adam did everything wrong. Jesus did everything right. Y'all with me so far? You see, God always replaces his men. Always. When Elijah dies, God's got an Elisha that'll fill his shoes. He'll fill the Holy Ghost. God always replaces his men. When Moses dies, God's got Joshua over here anointed to replace Moses. Amen? But God, how are you going to replace your man, Adam, who has sinned against you? I mean, we're not just dealing with a, a, a human being here. We're dealing with a person who represents the whole human race. You see, uh, Elisha can replace Elijah because Elijah's just mere human. Joshua can replace Moses because they're just human. But Adam is a man who is not just a man. He represents the whole race. So how, God, are you going to replace this man? How are you going to replace your man who has sinned against you, who represents the whole race? How are you going to do that, God? You're going to have to have a new head. You're going to have to have a new representative. Oh, come on. Why didn't God just look at Adam and even say, you're forgiven, I forgive you? 
doesn't work that way. Because Adam was the head of a human race, and so everything that he did affected us. So now God's got to bring redemption through another head. He's got to bring about a new race of people, a new kingdom, a new family. He had to do it this way. So he had to come in the form of a man. And that man, listen to me, that man had to be a part of the old. He had to be a part of the seed of Adam. He had to be a human being. He could not be an angel. He had to be a man. He had to be born in this earth. He had to be born in this planet. He had to be from the old in order to change it. So when Jesus Christ is born, woo, he is born as the seed of the woman, not the seed of man, not in the likeness of Adam with a sinful nature, but, hallelujah, not with the seed of man. His father was not human father. His father was God himself. So when Jesus was born, he got his bones and his, his flesh from Mary. He was a part of the old. He was a descendant from Adam so far as the physical nature is concerned. Mankind. Luke, the third chapter, talks about it. Takes you all the way back from Christ to Adam and shows you that he is a descendant of Adam. He is a part woo, of the old. He's a human being. He's not an angel. He was a man. He had to be a man to save men that were lost. He couldn't be an angel. Listen to me. Everything that an angel does stops within itself. When Lucifer rebels against God, he doesn't give birth to children. Angels don't give birth to angels. There's no such thing. But when Adam, he has the, the capability of giving birth and siring children, angels don't do that. So when they do something wrong, it stops in themselves, and God judges them, and they cannot be saved. Oh, man. We can get a hold of this. Adam sinned because he gave birth to children who had the same sinful nature. Then God could come in the form of a man and be a part of the old, but yet without sin, not being given birth to by earthly father through the seed of Adam, but the seed of the woman not tainted with sin, no sin in his body, no sin in his veins, perfectly, perfect man. Are you with me today? A perfect man. But yet, he, even though he's a part of the old, he must leave some things out. He cannot be a sinner. If he's got sin, if he's inherited the sin nature of Adam, then he can't die for you. He can't die for the sinner if he's a sinner too. He's got to have somebody die for him. So Jesus has to be a perfect man without sin. And therefore, he is a virgin-born son of who? God. The Bible says, if you read Luke 3, you'll see that Adam was a son of God. He was the offspring of God. But he messed it all up, and he inherited his, He got a sinful nature. He got the, de the devil's nature. He got Lucifer's rebellion inside of his body. Y'all with me? But Jesus comes, and he's a virgin born. The Holy Ghost overshadows Mary and causes that conception to take place. And the Spirit of God is inside of that humanity. The dual nature of Jesus Christ, simple. Man and God at the same time. The 
Father and the Son are not separate deities. They are, there's one person and there's one Godhead. That means the headquarters of God is in one body, Jesus Christ. And when you saw Jesus, you saw humanity, which he got from, from Mary, uh, Mary. You saw his deity, which was God in him. Praise the Lord, a son of God. He's called a son of God in reference to his humanity. Because God was his father. I'm glad I know who Jesus is. I'm glad I know he's very God, a very God, and a very man, a very man. He is God come in the flesh. If you don't understand that, if you don't believe that he was the virgin-born son of God, you cannot be a Christian and you cannot be saved. You must believe that Jesus was virgin-born. If he wasn't virgin-born, he was a sinner just like you and just like me. He was virgin-born. That's why he's called the seed of the woman. Praise God. Listen to me. Two seeds. The family of Adam, physical seed, and a new spiritual seed, a new family. So he says he was a figure of him that was to come. You can compare the headships. But there's contrast also. Verse 15. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one, many be dead, much more, let's say it together, much more, the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. So you have the first Adam and what we experienced in him. And then in that same passage, you have the last Adam and what we experienced in Christ. In the first Adam, we experienced sin and death. In the last Adam, we experienced justification, uh, which means you're right in the eyes of God and salvation and eternal life instead of death. Praise God. And verse 16, and not as by one that sin, so is the gift, for the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is many offenses under justification. So we now see what Adam did through his sin. We see, so the gift, so is the gift, for the judgment was by one to condemnation. What did we get in Adam? We got judgment of God. We were in the wrath of God. We deserve to be judged by God. And that judgment brings what? Condemnation. That's what I got in Adam. I got a condemned spirit. I got a condemned life. Amen. I deserve judgment. And I'm still carrying that old sin nature around with me. That's why sometimes you feel condemned. That's why sometimes you feel down. That's why sometimes you have to deal with those things because you've still got the old Adam in you. You were in the wrath of God. Then he says this. Let me read on. But the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. Nobody's ever just sinned one time. They've sinned two times. They've sinned three times. They've sinned four times. Show me a person that, ever, that ever, has ever done one thing uh, wrong one time. It don't happen. People do wrong things more than one time. They do it over and over and over and over because they've got a rebellious, sinful nature. Hear me today. Y'all got to stay with me. But Jesus Christ came, and his work on Calvary covered many, many, many sins. Not just one, but many, many, many sins unto justification. 
past sins, present sins, future sins, all covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. One sin by Adam plunged the whole human race into sin. From there on, and death passed on all men. But Jesus Christ comes into this world, and he, when he dies, that one righteous act of death, burial, and resurrection allows you to be justified over and over and over, forgiven for rebellion and sin. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Scripture goes on and says, For by one man's offense death reigned by one. It ruled. It was king. Much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Jesus has overcome death, hell, and the grave. When he went into the tomb, he died as a man. He left the old Adam in the tomb. He came up, praise God, in resurrection power and resurrection life, and he conquered the death that was passed on all men, you and me. He conquered it. So if I'll get in Christ, I'll have resurrection life in this life and eternal life to come. But if you stay in the first Adam, what you've got is death. As by the offense of one, first Adam, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. That's why Jesus said when he came to the world, he didn't come to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved, because the world was already condemned. So the world needed a Savior. Even so, the last Adam, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men under justification of life. We are accepted by God. We are made right with God by what Jesus Christ has done. And it says that we are, it has come upon all men under justification of life. That doesn't mean everybody is going to be saved. I can show you in the word of God, there will be men and women that will be lost forever because they have rejected what Jesus Christ has done. But if you will believe what Jesus has done, that he's the new head now, you can receive justification in life. You get the Holy Ghost. That's the life of God in you. We are redeemed by the blood. He paid the price for my sin. The penalty was death. He paid that price by his blood. But now I get the life of God in me when I get the Holy Ghost. When I get the Spirit of God in me, I have got the life of God living inside of me. Hmm. The scripture says, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinner, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did that much more abound. Oh, that's, hmm. The law came, the Bible says, that the offense might abound. Almost sounds like there's something wrong with law, the law of God. No, there's nothing wrong with the law of God. Hallelujah. This is good for y'all, Amen. You know, if you can't sleep at home, come to church. Hallelujah. 
this is a wonderful sleeping center. But it said that the law entered that the offense might abound. Now, how does that happen? The law comes from God. It's holy. It's righteous. It's good. Then how can the offense abound, the wrong abound, by getting the law? Hallelujah. Because when the law says don't do something, the old sinful nature in you says, I'm going to do it anyway. When there's a sign that's, that's placed next to an apple tree that says, don't eat the apples, you, because you're rebellious nature, you're going to say, oh, I'm going to eat the apple. If there's no sign there, you can walk by that tree and, could, you know, really don't care about the apples. But if you've got a sign that says, don't do it, your nature says, I'm going to do it, I don't care. Uh-oh. So that causes that old sinful nature. The law comes and defines sin and it says, don't do it. And that nature says, I want to do it. <laughs> Glory to God. I know what I'm talking about as a preacher because sometimes I preach and I say, this is what the Lord's Word says and this is what He says not do and this is what He says to do. And then in, instead of people saying, oh, praise God, yes, all right. I say, oh, backing up on it, man. Because that old rebellious nature in you, when you find out what the will of God is, it, it wants to go opposite of what thus saith the Lord. And you go out to a, to a bull, a bull in a pen, right? And it's a hot day, and he's just laying there. He look, oh, he's so, so nice. Go over there and pet him. He's so sweet. Look at him. He's a bull, you know, but he's so, so sweet right now. But you let somebody get a red thing out, <laughs> blanket or whatever they call it, and you let them flash that red thing in front of that bull, and that bull's going to, it's going to act like what it really is. It's a bull. It's going to act bullish. But it didn't act bullish until you got the red flag out. When you got the red flag out, then it started acting like a bull. And so God sent a law. And before that, you know, you didn't care about eating the apples. But when the law said, don't eat the apples, that, then the red flag came out. The law said that. And so you said, I, your nature said, oh, it rose up. And said, I'm going to eat it. I, you know, forbidden fruit is always sweeter. Is that right? Hmm. look at me like that's not you and that's not me I've been preaching too long I know you say thus saith the Lord the word of God says don't do this first thing I see is people do just the opposite I've just preached against it and here they come no, I'm going to do it I don't care what he says I don't care what the word says I'm going to do it my way Woo, come on but before I started preaching on it you came to church and, and holy yawned. I'm a pretty good person. I'm so righteous. I'm so good. And then the preacher starts preaching and steps on your toes. And you, Whoa! That, then that nature starts rising up, man. Hallelujah. That's what God is telling us here, that the law, when the law comes... The offenses abound because that's the nature of men and women. Huh. 
before you have the word, the definite command from God, everything's cool and you're all right. Everything's wonderful. But then you find out, oh, you need to do something. Now you found out, boy, you get more stubborn than you were before. Are y'all with me today? So the law can't save you. You've got to have an outside person come save you and give you a totally new nature. You gotta have a totally new nature because that old nature is an enmity against God. It rebels against God. It fights God. It rebels against the Word of God. That's how I know when somebody's in the flesh and in the fallen nature because they always rebel against the divine command of God. It's real easy to find out if somebody's walking in the spirit or walking in the fallen nature. Easy. Because the fallen nature rebels against the command. But this new nature we've got says, yes, Lord, yes. The old nature says, no, 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 I'm going to do it my way. You know, they've been, I guess they've been talking about Elvis. I don't, even, I don't know when he died, but they've been talking about it. He sang a song. He, did it my, he said, I did it my way. Yeah. He did it his way, all right. Praise God. Are you all with me today? Forbidden fruit's always sweeter. It sure is. That's why you've got to get a new nature because what we got on the inside of us is so desperately wicked. It's as desperately wicked as the devil himself. You know? And people can cover it up and say, oh, you know, and, and appear to be really, really sweet and nice. They got something in them that's worse than the devil. The devil can't even do, do anything with some people. You with me? I mean, they, re they rebel against devil. They rebel against God. They rebel against human. They re rebel against everything. Where's it all come from? That's, old, that's that old sin nature. So you got to get out of Adam. If you want to change, praise the Lord. <laughs> that's why it's not enough just to get religion. You can get religion and still be dead. You can get religion and still got a nature that controls you and dominates your life and brings you to destruction. That's why you've got to be born again. You've got to become a new person. You've got to get in a new family. You've got to get a new seed, uh, the seed of God. You've got to get a new power. You've got to get new life. You just get religion. You're no better off than you were before. Hallelujah. But listen, but where sin abounded, Grace did that much more bound. You see, sometimes people say, well, I just can't do it. Because of the, the, the home that I live in, my family members, it's just too hard. I can't make it. Our society is so desperately wicked, so sinful. Can we be righteous? Can we live holy? I just can't do it. It's so bad. Everybody's doing it in the world. But God comes and says, where sin did abound, His grace did that much more abound. Super on top and on top and on top more grace. Whatever you need to make it, God's got the grace to make sure you can make it. 
you live in a desperate situation at home, God says, my grace is greater than that. You live in a foreign society that is very sinful. God says, my grace is greater than that society. You can make it. And the more sinful it becomes and the more desperate it becomes and the more deeper in wrath that men go, God said, my grace is greater than all of it. It's greater than the sin of Adam. It's greater than what Adam did. It's greater. We can make it. You can make it. Don't let the devil lie to you and tell you you can't make it. You can make it. God said you can make it. doesn't matter what you're facing. You can make it. The more disappointed you get, the more grace comes. Hallelujah. Wouldn't, you, wouldn't it be wonderful if you could control the actions of everybody? If God can't do it, who am I to think I could? You with me today? So because you, you can control the actions of yourself, but you can't control the actions of other people, disappointment comes. But God's grace will abound above that. I'm so grateful for that. Where sin did abound, grace did that much more abound. We're going to be on top, God's saying. You're going to be the head, not the tail. Don't you understand who you are in Christ this morning? You're the head and not the tail. You've got super abundant abounding grace to you. It doesn't matter what's happening in your life. God is greater than that. you have to do when we go wrong is just repent say God I'm wrong I'm wrong I'm wrong I'm wrong I need to repent we, you know what happened though pride will rise up in us and say we're not wrong we're right God says all you need to do is just repent and everything will be okay because my grace will abound come on church somebody say praise the Lord amen where the law entered that offenses might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did that much more abound. Look at that. You ever wonder why Jesus, when he came, the last Adam, <clears throat> they persecuted him. They hung him on a cross, took his clothes off his body, re 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 refused to give him drink, beat him before he went, persecuted him. So much so the scripture says you couldn't even recognize that he was a man. The Bible said the lamb that was taken, the Passover lamb was taken, the blood was shed. They didn't withhold water from that lamb. They didn't beat that lamb. They didn't take its clothes off its body. They just killed it and that was it. But when Jesus came, you ever wonder why the Bible said, well, he's hanging on the, thirst, he, on the cross. He says, I thirst. You wonder why they stripped him of his clothes and, and he became a pauper. You wonder why he gave up everything. Because the Bible says, cursed is every man that hangeth on the tree. And he took the curse of the law. And read, read Deuteronomy 28 sometime. The Bible said the curse of the law to those who are not walking in obedience to God is thirst and loss of everything. Sickness and disease and everything. And he bore it all on the cross. That's why he was beaten. That's why he became thirsty. Because he not only died for my sin, but he took the curse of the law. And I don't have to be poverty stricken anymore. And I don't have to be thirsty anymore, praise God. And I don't have 
have to be sick anymore because he took the curse. He took it all in his body. He didn't just die. He bore even the curse of the law. He became poor that I might be rich. Praise God. It's all in Jesus Christ. <clears throat> so they even persecuted, pulled his beard out of his face, bearing the curse of the law. Where sin did abound, grace did that much more abound. Look what he did. He didn't have to do it, but he did. He didn't have to die. He's the perfect son of God, perfect in obedience and life. Perfect in every way, perfect in his obedience, even to the death of the cross. Even willing to take the curse of the law. He didn't have to do that, but he's the new head. Now what that means is this. That if I'll get out from under the old Adam, where there's only death and despair and darkness and, and de depravity, which is, is man's sin, and I'll get out of the, the, the wrath of God, which is that's all in the old Adam. Despair, struggling. I'll get out of that then I have life, abounding grace, no more curse but blessed. Come on, church. Where did, did I leave some of y'all? Did y'all get off the wagon somewhere? Now, so I don't want anything to do with Adam because I can read Deut Deuteronomy 28 and find out what that's all about. You with me today? Okay, then how do I get out of Adam then? How do I get in this new headship and this new race and this new seed so I can have the seed of God in me and get the divine nature? How do I get all that? How do I get in this family? Praise the Lord. Now, when I get to the sixth chapter, you, you might be sitting there saying, well, if it's all by grace, that means I can sin and everything's cool, right? No, God, Paul says, God forbid. Amen? But he tells you how to get in the last Adam. In chapter 6, verse 3, know you not that so many as a, of us as were baptized into Christ. Christ we're, we're baptized into his death. Verse 4, therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. When he went to the cross, because he's the new head, the new representative, I was in Christ. I died with Christ on that cross. The price was paid and I was in him. When he came walking out of the grave on the third day, I came walking out of the grave with him. And I've got resurrection power and life on the inside of me because he's the new head. I was in Christ just as I was in Adam before I was in Christ. Galatians 3.27. And I'm going to go back, come back to this last verse, but Galatians 3.27. Look at it. That's why it says you must be in the Lamb's book of life. The Lamb's book of life is the generation of Jesus Christ. Those that are in the family of Jesus. Galatians 3.27. Let, let me go back to verse 26 because this applies. Galatians 3.26. For ye are all the children of God 
by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. The way you got out of the old Adam was when you repented of your sins and you got buried with Jesus in baptism. And when you got buried with Christ, you put on Christ, you took off the old man, Woo! you got out of the old family of Adam, and you walked into the new family of God, and now you're in Christ. He's the new head of a new race, a new mankind, a new society, and I'm a part of it. So the way you get out of the old Adam is repentance. Baptism in Jesus' name for the remission of those sins and being filled with resurrection life called the Holy Ghost. That's how you get out of the old Adam. But a lot of people want to go to church and become religious without being born again. You're still in the old Adam religion. You must be born again of the water and the spirit. You've got to get out of the old Adam. You've got physical life in Adam, but you don't have spiritual life. You've got the seed of, of Adam, physical life, but you don't have spiritual life. So Jesus said, you must be born from above of the water and the spirit. So you can get spiritual life. You see, when Adam was first created, you read that in Genesis 2, the Bible says, God breathed in them the, the nostrils, the breath of life. I studied that in depth. That, that's a plural word when it says he breathed in the breath of life. Life is a plurality there. It doesn't mean just physical life, but they received spiritual life. And when Adam died, he died spiritually. He had still had physical life, but he was dead spiritually. So God not only wants to give you physical life, he wants to give you spiritual life. Glory to God. That's how you get in. You move from the old Adam. You get in Christ by being baptized. Aren't you glad you're baptized in Jesus' name? You see, before in the fall, after they fell into sin, they had a separate identity. It was Adam and it was Eve. But before the fall, they were called by one name, and that name was Adam. So I'm going to get out of the old Adam and my separate identity, and I'm going to be identified with Christ and get into a new family. Woo, come on, church. So does the Bible say now that I'm called by one name? Yes, it does. Ephesians 3.15 says, 3.14, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and in earth is named. So when I get, went down in water in the name of Jesus Christ, I took on the name which the whole family in heaven and in earth is called by. And I'm no longer just a separate identity now. I'm in the family of God, and I'm called by the name of God. I've got the one name, Jesus, just like they had the one name, Adam, before the fall. So what was lost in Adam is super abundantly abounding in grace in Christ. And that's, why I love, that's why we baptize in the name of Jesus Christ. We don't baptize the titles Father, Son, Holy Ghost. That's not name. Those are titles. The Bible says the whole family in heaven and earth has a name. And it's the name of Jesus. When did you get it? When I called it over you or somebody called over you in baptism in the name of the Lord. Praise God. 
Now, go, go back to Romans 5. <clears throat> you, now, you clear on how to get out of the old Adam? Death, misery, despair, destruction, judgment, condemnation, all of that, the deeper into the wrath of God. Be born again. Get in the new family of God. Be born from above. Get the seed of God, not just the seed of Adam, physical life, but the seed of God, spiritual life, born again of the Spirit. Amen? And then he says, <clears throat> verse 21, that as sin hath reigned unto death. You can see the picture of sin sitting up there with a crown on his head. You know, look at it this way. Sin, in a personal way. Sin, sitting up there with a crown, reigning, ruling. Ruling your life, destroying your life. Controlling you, controlling that which you want to do, the good, you cannot do. And that which you do not want to do, you find yourself doing. Being controlled and driven by a nature that you hate. That sin reigning as a king. And the Bible says, through sin, death, setting up on the throne, death ruling and reigning all the way from Adam. Amen. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through. Ooh, this is awesome. Thank you, Jesus. You see, sin had, the, the end of its reign is death. Boom. That's it. That's the end of it. Sin the way your sin is death. When a person dies, that's it. Sin no longer reigns. They're dead. But the scripture says, even so might grace reign. Uh-oh. Now we got grace sitting up there on the throne with his crown on his head. He says, grace! Man, I, forgive me if I get beside myself. But it said, even so might grace reign. Grace is king now. Through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. So when Jesus died, listen, he defeated death by death. God knows that Jesus had to defeat death by death. And so they put him on a cross. He dies for our sin. He defeats death because he's righteous. He's holy. But he has been made sin. And the devil messed up and men messed up when they crucified the perfect one. You see, when a person dies who was born in the sin nature of Adam is a sinner, they deserve to die. And the devil can kill them. But when you kill the perfect son of God who has no sin, you kill yourself. You, can't you cannot des destroy a good person without destroying yourself. You rise up against a righteous person, and you're not going to destroy them. You're going to destroy yourself. So they can take the righteous one, Jesus, and hang him on a cross. And by hanging that righteous one on the cross, he will destroy himself. So by death, Jesus defeated death. And he died on the cross for my sins, so he paid the price. They took him down off the cross. They placed him in the tomb. As a man, he died. Not as God, as a man, he died. 
put a big old rod in front of him, four to six feet high, weighing anywhere about two, one to two tons that rock weighed. They'd kick the wedge out and roll the rock in front of it, and they sealed it with a Roman seal. The Bible says the third day, Jesus, listen, he didn't come out of the entrance of the cave. He didn't come out of the sepulcher where he came into it. He walked through the walls in resurrection life, glorified with a resurrection body. It wasn't until after he got out of the grave that the angels rolled the stone away so that the people could look into the grave and find out he wasn't there. He's not limited by a, uh, by a sepulcher. He's not limited by an enclosure. He can walk, hallelujah, out of tombs and hallelujah, without any, any opening there. And here King Death was sitting up on, on that sepulcher, ruling. He's got his crown on his head. And Jesus walks. He don't even have to have the opening done. He just walks out, and he, boom, he dethrones King Death. And he dethrones King Sin. And he walks out in power, resurrection, life, only to give it to you and to give it to me. And I can walk in power and victory and anointing and life. And I can rule in life. I can conquer in life. I can conquer sin. God is going to enable me to conquer death. God's going to enable me to conquer hell and the grave because I am in Christ. I was in him when he died. I was in him when he came up out of the grave. I was in him when he rose. Listen, I'm in him when he ascended. We don't want to leave him just resurrected. We want to see him ascending. And because I'm now in Christ, I took his name, baptized in Jesus' name, came up out of the old Adam, filled with his spirit. I am now in Christ. I was in him on the cross, in him in the, in the tomb, in him in resurrection. And not only that, but in him in ascension. So when he comes back and he shouts with the voice of an archangel, guess what's going to happen? Because I was in him when he ascended. Woo. I'm just going to leave this earth and go to be with him in glory where he is. There I shall be also. He's conquered even gravity. <laughs> Hallelujah. Do we understand what we have in Christ? I mean, we're going to have glorified bodies. Adam didn't have that. I'm looking for him to come. <laughs> and I'm glad I'm in Christ. Because, you know, I've got something inside of me. It's called a sin nature that wants to dominate and rule and reign and control my life. But the Lord has promised me that greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. You just need to understand tonight who you're in. Amen? When you understand who you are and who you're in, you walk victoriously. And nothing can defeat you. I mean, they can take you and they can kill you. But Paul said, 
for me, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. You can kill this body, but you can't kill my spirit. Amen. And I'm so glad today that God can help me conquer. He can help me reign in life. Some of y'all maybe have been struggling. You know, we all do with this nature we've got, with this society we have. But I want to tell you a promise. Jesus said, you're in a new family. There's another family in the world, another seed, another race of people that's in Adam. But you're in a totally new society, a new family. You're in Christ. He's got a new bride now. Adam had a wife. He's got a new bride now. Jesus has a bride. It's called his church. We're in a new family of God, called by His name. Hallelujah. Now listen to me. Because of that, the family of Adam don't like you. They don't like you because you're, you're, you're different. Amen? So expect that old Adam race to rise up against the new family and hate you. Glory to God. Because they don't like somebody that walks in power and glory and victory. You with me today? You got it. You got the spirit in you. You got life in you. All we have to do is just learn to walk in it and be fruit and move in him we live and move and have our being and move in him live, live the abundant life that he's already provided for us wouldn't it be sad if you found out you one of your ancestors died and you got a million dollars sitting in a bank somewhere and they can't find you you're a millionaire and you don't even know it that's the way the church lives most of the time we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ he's given us ruling reigning conquering power by the Holy Ghost he's given us life he's redeemed us by his blood he saved us the penalty of sin is taken care of we don't have to walk in condemnation and guilt any longer we can walk in the victory in life and, and blessings of God now but at the church of the living God we don't know we're more than millionaires so we live as paupers You've got a choice today. You can let the old Adam and the old age and the old world conquer you and defeat you. Or you can rise up in the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And you can believe Christ. You can trust Christ. You can walk in life and conquer in life if you choose to. Hallelujah. Praise God. You get, you get knocked down. Listen to me. When you get knocked down, your greatest victory is ahead of you. Because you were in Christ. He defeated even death, hell, and the grave.
So if death comes against you, hell comes against you, the grave comes against you, everything, the curse comes against you, I want you to know there's a victory that's just ahead of you that'll blow your mind, that's more abounding and more abundant than what you're going through. Just don't give up. Keep walking with Jesus. Keep walking. Keep trusting. Keep believing him. When I've had my greatest struggles and my greatest trials, I come to church the next time, and guess what? The greatest victory that I've ever experienced in my life is just ahead of me. But I've got to believe that when I come to church. I've got to say, man, I've been fighting some battles, but now I am in the house of refuge. I'm in the victory place. I'm in the house of God. I'm in the family of God. There's a victory here for me today. I've got to believe it. I've got to reach out and embrace it. I've got to walk in it. I've got to get anointed. I've got to get full. If I need forgiveness, I've got to repent. And you'll walk out of your deadness, and you'll walk out of your defeat, and you'll dethrone king whatever, and God will give you power to walk out in victory. God has given you power to defeat the enemy. Thank you, Lord. Let's stand, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, for your name, a name which is above every name. Everything under the earth, in the earth, and above the earth will bow and confess that you are Lord to the glory of God the Father. Thank you for your name, Jesus, that we're called by. Thank you for indwelling us with life and power and anointing. Thank you for taking the curse of the law, which we deserve, God, in yourself, that we might obtain the blessing. Thank you for taking our place and justifying us, taking us out of Adam and putting us in yourself. Thank you. We thank you that the seed of God indwells us, and therefore we cannot sin, God. We cannot live in habitual sin, God, because your seed is in us. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that we're no longer standing in Adam in the Garden of Eden, fallen, God. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for giving us strength, salvation, security, and power. Thank you for your death, burial, and resurrection, and ascension, God. Thank you for giving it to us and putting it in us. Thank you for making us a part of your family, the family of God. me say this one last thing and I'm going to close. Your justification took place just like that. You, in the eyes of God, God sees you right with Him in a moment's time. When you repented, were baptized in His name and were filled with the Spirit, you were justified right then. Do you understand that? 
sanctification is a process. And that simply is you become what you already are. You live out what you have experienced. You're justified, so now you're sanctified. And then you shall be glorified. Glory to God. Do you understand you're justified today? Man, if you feel like you're justified, you don't have, you don't have no reason to hang the head. Hallelujah. God is so good. Let's praise Him for His blood one more time. Thank you for the blood, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for life. Lord God, we believe, we speak life, God, into the situations of people's homes, people's families. In the name of Jesus Christ, by your power, Lord, by your power, power of the gospel, amen. Do you, do you understand, and I'm going to say this, and this is it, do you understand Wednesday night we had four people either receiving the Holy Ghost for the first time or getting renewed in the Holy Ghost. That's a miracle. That's a greater miracle than God speaking the worlds into existence. That's a miracle. When you look at what you used to be in Adam and what you can become in God and He does it for you, that's a miracle that's greater than the creative act of God. Thank you for what you're doing. Clap your hands and you may be dismissed in the name of Jesus. Say, thank you, Jesus. Shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph. Celebrate the victory that he's already given you. Lord, we praise you. God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Thank you for giving us an abundant life, God. Woo! Glory to God. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. You, you, don't, you don't need just to be reformed. You need to be renewed. You don't need to just make New Year's resolutions. You're going to change. You need to get changed. And it only comes by the power of God. It's not by psychiatry, psychologists. That's not, that can't help you. God is the one that can help you by giving you life out of death. Praise the Lord. Thank God. You're dismissed in the name of Jesus. We'll see you tonight. Come early praying if you can. Amen. God bless you for being here this morning. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah.